1: This is The View from the Gladys Street, a podcast by the fans, for the fans, as we go on the terraces to discuss all the big talking points at Everton Football Club.
0: Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Everton Fan Podcast. This is The View from the Gladys Street on the Royal Blue Channel and I'm your host, Ian Kroll. This week, I'm joined by two guests via a Google Hangout. First up, we have Rob Astle. How are you, Rob? I'm good, thanks, mate. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. This is... This isolation malarkey's starting to grate a little bit, but uh, getting through it, I suppose. Second up, we have Ben Crawford. How are you, Ben?
1: I'm okay, thanks, Ian. How are you?
0: Yeah, all good, mate. All good. Still no football to speak of due to the coronavirus, so we thought it was a good idea to look back over the season and rate and grade Everton's first team squad so far. The idea is we're going to discuss, debate and go through. I'm going to say a name and the lads are going to tell me what they think they're rating is of that player out of 10, and uh, give a little bit of a reason as well. Before we start, though, um, let me just ask the lads a few things, a few developments over the past couple of days with regards to the return of football. Ben, I'll start with you. Um, reports, couple, past couple of days, and certainly today, which is Monday, the 30th of March, the Premier League is said to have potentially developed a plan uh, for the end of the. campaign which kind of involves teams being placed in a self-isolation camps across June and July in like a a World Cup style um, camp slash tournament Um, and kind of like go from there really with games being played behind closed doors, what what are your thoughts on that With, with the fact that it's now looking very unlikely that the Premier League date of the 30th of April at the earliest was going to be the return? Well, I think it's very difficult because
1: of how unprecedented this situation really is. I mean, I guess, you know, the early indications before we were even sort of put on a public lockdown was that we might have seen games behind closed doors, which quite rightly all supporters of all clubs were dead against. It seems at this time in thinking, based on what's coming out of the news and the little progress we've had in football, this week and the last week. It's really a case of getting it done whenever and whichever way we can. You know, I think it's going to be difficult to see games played in public for a long time. And at which case, do you at some point bite the bullet and void the seed and cancel it and start again when we can? But who knows how long that'll be. Or do we try this new World Cup camp style behind-scenes football, which I believe would all be televised. To be honest with you, as a football supporter and Everton fan, if the league's going to be resumed, I'd rather get it done like this way so we can all get back to enjoying our football rather than waiting for us to be able to go back in the stadium, which could be a long time yet to come.
0: I mean, what are your thoughts on it, Rob? There's um, a report come out today, Tottenham striker Harry Kane has suggested that the season should be null and void if it's not finished by June. Are you in agreement with that or do you think it's uh, that's too early to, to say? I said, on, I said on the last podcast that... Um...
2: You know we've got to do our utmost to try and finish this season. You know when it's safe to do so, and it for me, times just it's fast. It's quickly running out now. I mean, I know we're we're not in April as of tomorrow or Wednesday. You know this virus isn't showing any signs of slowing down or any signs of it of it going away. And they're talking about these games being played behind closed doors. That's all well and saying that, but if you look at, you've got at least you're gonna have a squad of what eighteen players. The 18-man squad on the match day. You're going to have your medical team. You're going to have your coaching staff. You're going to have all these these members of the, the, the of the, the setup who are going to need to be there. Is that really safe? Is that safe to do so? So I think I think the way things are going, as much as I don't want it, we're heading towards null and void in this season because it's. I don't think they can play. Where do you in, draw the
1: line? That's what it is, isn't it?
2: Yeah, it's where do you draw? Like when do you when do you say? this physically cannot be done. You know, we're being told as the general public not to congregate in groups of more than two. And yet, we're allowed to, you know, football teams are allowed to congregate in in mass. It's effectively a mass gathering, that really, isn't it, when you think about it, whether there's fans there or not.
0: What What do you think then on the idea behind this World Cup style um, end of the season?
2: It'd be great. Yeah, that sounds, but I just don't get how it's feasible. I know you're saying that these players will be in isolation and things like that and and whatnot, and but it was yesterday West Ham reported eight players who've got symptoms of the virus. So how long have they got? To, you know, uh, where does it stop? Where, you, as Ben said, there you've got to draw the line and say this is the date. If we can't play the games by then, we can't play them, and we just go again in August when you know fingers crossed that this virus is. As, if we can't as, buy
1: August, that's the problem, isn't if
2: it? We, yeah, if we can't buy August, but in terms of this World Cup style, I just don't think it makes. If it's World Cup style or whether it's just behind closed doors, I don't think it makes an one iota of a difference. To be honest with you, because it's still groups of people gathering where you know we've been told Not they, essential. It, not a, It's not essential, really, and they've it, it they people still might be carrying the virus but not showing any symptoms of it, so they could pass it on to someone else. So it just, it just defeats the object of what governments around the world are trying to do. You know, what What makes me laugh is, I mean, I, we don't live in these countries, but you don't see them kicking off about Serie A. You don't see them kicking off about the Bundesliga, do you, when they're going to finish that? They're not bothered. All that, all that, all that team, the Premier League, seems to well, just finishing this season for some reason. And there's just bigger things going on at the minute. And we're not going to know until until way into into June before we can do any of this
0: Ben what's your in your opinion what's your cut off point in terms of timeline wise when do you think they would you know play up to this season and when do you think they need to say right that's it it's gone too far now Um, the season needs to be null and void
1: well I think it's fast approaching to be honest, I mean, we look back only, what, two, three weeks ago when the first game was postponed, which was the Arsenal-Man City game midweek, and that was before we were even on lockdown. You know, the all the words and all the rumours out of sort of the governmental bodies are coming out saying that this lockdown that we're all on could be long within three weeks. So, at what point can you restart a football match? You know, if we're on nationwide lockdowns, we basically are now, where we can't leave the house or we're not advised to leave the house, at what point after that finishes are you talking about getting football, even behind closed doors, back up running, you're thinking three, four, five weeks, we're vastly very, very quickly running out of time, you know, before, when all this is over, we could be into May, which is when the season would have finished anyway, and then it's, gonna, it's already cancelled the Euros, at what point did they then stop next season and push that back, and then you've got to have, whether we like it or not, we've got to have the pre-season before that, so basically, I think decision time is coming very soon, and To be honest, this week, every week, we're sort of waiting for more news. And it seems as though the Premier League are desperate to get the season back up and running by giving us dates, ambitious dates of like the 30th of April. But I think there's going to have to come a point very soon where we do or die, because how much longer can we keep putting this back? Because like Rob said, then there's nothing seems to be slowing the spread of this virus and nothing seems to be changing. You know, we've been on lockdown a week as of today. Nothing In terms of the infection rates or anything like that, are changing. So, at what point do we realise that it's not essential? And if we're going to be on lockdown first and foremost in our own homes, how can, like Rob says, how on earth can they think about restarting football matches?
2: I think there's that's just to interrupt you there, Ben, as well. In in terms of that, is you know, it's all right, us three being in lockdown, but at the end of the day, these football players, they're human beings
1: too. Exactly, with families, young families, elderly relatives, exactly.
2: you know why, why? Why should they put themselves at risk? Exactly. You know, no, I, and, yeah. and 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 then you mentioned there Ben about like the timing that we need to to get these players ready to to start playing again. Uh, what is, is this, it? Is this it? Get back fit. I was just going to say, is this is this the third week now without football? Correct. Is this is this what it is? So we're into the third week. It's effectively going to be a little mini preseason, isn't it? Exactly. You need a mini preseason, if not a full preseason, really,
1: Because you think of. You know the the way they were did have to play the fixes as well. This wouldn't be eased back in one game a week, one game every ten days. If this does restart, even in the formats that they're suggesting, then it's going to be like a rough and ready, almost twenty twenty foot thing, really, where it just fast paced. The games come thick and fast. And okay, it, it's really not the priority players' fitnesses, etc. At the moment, but it's how long you wonder the richest, the richest of all the clubs start worrying about the likes of their is getting injured seriously, the Messi's of the world getting injured seriously because of all this. So, at what point do you just think, null and void, whether it's not the right, it's not what we want, and hopefully it won't come to that. But if it does come to that, at least it gives everybody else time to for forge some kind of solution out of this. Whereas it seems to me at the moment, by finishing the season, sort of trying to get it going as quick as they can, they create more problems for themselves just doing that.
0: Okay, good little discussion um, there on, obviously, the... Premier League return and, and when that may be and obviously there are bigger things going on in the world but um, there was obviously a couple of reports out this week with regards to you know solutions to that so I think it's probably a good time now to, to get to why we're really here and you know talk about Everton's player ratings of the season so don't be too harsh on them lads don't be too harsh um views give you we don't know them
1: anything we don't know them anything
0: <laughs> um, yeah you guys can give a, give you ratings and a reason and I'll, I'll also um give mine as well so i've got out of the entire first team squad we'll do 19 um, 19 of the players because they're the ones who have played a substantial amount of games the likes of Jean Philippe Kabam and Anthony Gordon and the likes of and Nias and stuff like that. That there's no point in rating them because you know they barely featured for numerous different reasons. So I think we might as well start off with one that's going to be probably quite controversial. In the goalkeeper Jordan Pickford, who wants to go first,
1: Rob? <laughs> oh, gotcha.
0: put me on the bus there, mate. Um Jordan Pickford, um,
2: five, six. And my reasoning behind that is because, and and it go, this goes for a lot of players, not just Jordan Pickford. Let's just, see, I know we've got Carlo Ancelotti and things have improved, but we're still twelfth. At the end of the day, it's been a relatively poor season for us, and his performances haven't been up to the standard. It, I brought it up on numerous podcast after 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 this season where. You know he tries these stupid little flicks and these you know the playing out from the back which doesn't seem to work and then he'll let himself down on a save um that he sh- that he should be making and for all his good points this season his bad points have just have just shown way way too much for me so I'm going with a five
0: I mean I my minus six um Gonna just agree with Ben. I, I probably got to give him a seven. You know, I, I know he hasn't been up to scratch and a little bit, you know, below par. But he has definitely got results of a few sticky situations. He, he certainly put us in a few sticky situations as well. But why? Why did you go with six, Ben? I think six because I was thinking it was between five
1: and six to be honest. But I will give him a six just because I think quite controversial is, but I actually think his defense don't actually. Help him out as much as people think. I know Rob's alluded to the the fact that he plays still, he passes out from the back, etc. But I've seen a lot of games this season, pref- uh, most prominently against the likes of Arsenal away, where there's been goals that Jordan Pickford couldn't really do anything about, but he seems to be getting blamed for not coming out for the ball, etc. And I just don't think the central defenders maybe help him out as much as they should in, in some situations. Don't get me wrong, he's made errors and he's had to pay with them with the criticism that he's received. But overall, I'd just give him a six because I don't think he's been actually that bad. I think he's had a bit of hung out to dry a bit by the media because he's England's number one goalkeeper.
0: So for that reason, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt and give him an average, an average six. Five, six, six then for Jordan Pickford. Next one, Mason Holgate.
1: Okay, I'll go first on this one if you want, then we'll do a turn to peace. Uh, with Mason Holgate, I will give him an eight. I think he's a young defender, he's made. Some errors, some mistakes during the season, but overall, twelve months ago this time last year, we probably wouldn't have thought he'd be even in the Everton squad. We were happy for him to leave. And he's established himself, in my opinion, as Everton's first choice central defender. And I think give it you know, unfortunately, I think he might have been in a chance for getting in the Euro squad as well. Obviously that's been postponed now. But it's been a hugely positive um, break Um breakthrough season really a delayed breakthrough season for Mason Holgate and the reason I haven't gone any higher than an eight is like Rob said there, we are 12th in the league and I do think he has been responsible for some sloppy goals at times but overall it's been a really positive season for him and uh, he'll probably be up there with the player of the season awards uh, at the end of the campaign
2: I fully agree with Ben uh, he's one of three players for I me mean, you get eight or above, the rest of them are all below that and um, that loan um, at West Brom seems to have done him the world a good. He's toughened up. He's he's got better on the ball, and he, he's just he's carried that defense at times this season. He he seems to be the only one who can read the game. I think as well out of yeah. that back out to that back four, and I'm a big fan of olgate And and I hope, did he sign that new contract? Yeah, yeah. he has. As he said, did he sign it? Yeah, you know it's great. It's great that he signed that new deal, um, because for me he's. It's him or Mina first on the on the team sheet at the moment uh, as the start and centre half. Um, sorry, him and Mina. And you know I hope he comes on leaps and bounds next year. And I, I've said before on many many a podcast this, this last since the turn of the year the shortness the shortness the shortness in midfield. I've had no issues putting him in there as well. He's yeah, yeah. so he's so good on the ball. Um, so yeah, he gets an eight for me.
0: I'm gonna yeah. go full house. So I think Mason Holgate deserves an eight. I don't think you you could probably maybe say a seven. I think there's obviously there has still been a few issues. I don't think you can go higher than an eight. There's always going to be room for improvement. So full house for Mason Holgate with an eight there. Next one, um, I'm gonna go first on this one just because uh, I want to. <laughs> it's a
1: take tenth piece. Late fine.
0: Le- Leighton Baines, um, difficult one because he you know he hasn't really featured certainly in the early part of the season. Um, has. You know, managed to get some minutes under his belt with, um, well, suspensions or injuries to Luca Dean. I'm just going to go out there and just say for his performance as well, you know, st- standing in for, for Luca Dean, Leighton Baines is a nine for me. Do
2: you know what? He writes, if he'd play more games, I'd probably agree with you. And I know it's not his fault that he's probably not playing, but I'd probably say more a seven based That's off. Eight, and I'm basing that off like almost like an average of like how many games he played this season Premier League wise must be what five six can't be many
0: off the top of my head I don't know
2: but... uh, yeah you know he, he, or in terms of starting games anyway you know he, he, but when he's come on he's been like the Leighton Baines of old and what I what I was, I was what I was thinking about with the Baines one is if he'd have been asked to play all season would he have carried on with these persistent performances consistent performances and I don't quite think he's got the legs to have done that so whilst he has come in and done really really well he's not I don't think he's as reliable as he used to be, so I'm going with a seven. I'm going with a seven for him.
1: Yeah, You're uh, a I, job,
0: yeah.
1: I'm, a, I'm a seven exactly. Yeah, you know, there's been so so many high points and so many low points during, during his career, mainly high ones. Obviously, this season alone, he's had that Leicester goal, but then he also followed that up with missing the penalty in the shootout, if I remember rightly. So it's it's he's he's a seven for me because he's been very solid and very promising. Like Rob said there, though, I don't know whether you'd get the same out of him over a 38-game season. He's been appearing in short bursts and he's looked solid enough defensively. He's offered a little bit going forward as well. Uh, so overall, it's, it's a seven because his his endeavour and his attitude have never been in question and he deserves another year contract, for me, 100%. Yeah,
0: that's fair enough. And probably, you know, being very kind to Leighton Baines there, he's a Everton, you know, star. He's uh, he's been with the club for you know over ten years now. I, I just think any time he's pulled on the blue shirt this season, he, he's given us all and. I it's don't, the I, consistency. I, yeah, I don't think he's had a, a, a bad performance um, w- when he's played, and I think you just mentioned it there, Ben. That that goal against Leicester. It's although we lost uh, in the shootouts, it's so far been my favourite moment of Rolled the rollerback the years wasn't it that goal it was uh, it was incredible the, the scenes of celebration was uh, was unbelievable so for me leighton beans he gets a nine and we'll move on with Rob to Michael Keane Ooh.
2: uh five um you know he ended the season well Michael Keane for me last year and he just didn't really kick on he just seemed to be like a shadow like the, the season um Koeman was here just seemed to be a little bit lost um and then he He's got Yedi Mina and makes an all to to kind of, you know, they're his peers. And I think they've just been much, much better this season. Um yeah, I, I like Michael Keane. He's made he's maybe he's he he's a better defender when he's on the back foot. He's, he reminds me of Jack Yelkin in a way, where if you got your back to the wall, Michael Keane's a better defender doing that. Um but when we've got when our when our, when we've got the ball, I don't think he's that good and he he plays himself into into some tricky situations. Um, but, but yeah, five for me. Yeah,
1: uh, I'm. I'm actually going to be the last one. I'm going to I would have given him a four because he's probably the player for me, Michael Keane, who's disappointed me the most this season. Uh, obviously, after his first season, he struggled with injury. Except Then last season, playing alongside mainly Kurt Zuma, he was he was fantastic. I thought he was up there with some of our players of the season last year, and I actually thought that he could kick on this season and be a real leader at heart of that defence, especially after Kurt Zuma didn't end up returning from his loan spell. But for me, the problem that I've got is, I, other than Mason Holgate, who's been a revelation for me, Yerry Meen, who we'll touch on, obviously, with his rating, he's not been like so superb that he's nailed down that place. That place in the heart of defence was still up for grabs for me all season long. And the fact that well, Michael Keane basically hasn't fought that battle and won, and he's now third choice, it says it all for me, and I don't really know whether at the end of the season his future's that cut and dry if somebody came in from because, like I said, he's probably just been the most disappointing player for me because I do like him. I did like him last season, he's just not kicked on at all.
0: Um, I kind of agree, I mean, I agree with everything that you've said, both, both of you. I try not to be too harsh in the ratings. But like you said, we are you know 12th in the league, it's not a fantastic position. We, we haven't had a good season at the end of the day, um, so. Not saying Michael Keane is the main one who's contributed to that, but oh, no. um, you know you've got to look at you know where we are and what's happened over the past couple of um, past past couple of months. So I probably agree with Rob. I go with a five for Michael Keane. I think that's fair, fair enough. Slap bang in the middle. Moving on then to Luca Dean, Ben. Uh, five. Uh,
1: five. Five. For Luca yeah. Five because of his own high standards purely based on that he's not a five out of ten player he's, in, in reality he's much higher but as Everton's player of the season last season undisputedly he's another one he struggled for fitness and form this season you know ahead of a summer which was potentially a European championships where he should have been fighting tooth and nail to make it into the first eleven for France it's not quite worked out for him as well this season don't be wrong I'm not writing him off by all means he's still probably ability wise our best player if not one of them and I'm sure he'll improve next season it's just based on what last season was probably a 9 out of 10 he certainly has gone backward in that time he hasn't been anywhere near up to the level that he was accustomed to last season so unfortunately given his own high standards uh, it's going to to be a 5
0: Rob?
2: Uh, to be honest with you I I wouldn't disagree with that he's really disappointed me this season Luca Dean Um, you know I think he's He's had a few injuries as well um, this year, where obviously Lightning Baines is at the deputies and stuff. But by his own high standards, I think he's been quite poor this season. Um, and I, I, might be wrong in saying this, but I think as well, I think he might have struggled a little bit because of not having a consistent left left side player with up, up there with him. You know, we we saw the best of Luca Dean when bernard was in front of him, but bernard has been in and out the team a lot. You know, we, mate, has that effected, affected his performances? I don't know, but. You know, it should have been Euro twenty twenty this year, and he was he should have been trying really hard to get in that team. And uh, you know, it's probably lucky for him that the tournament's been cancelled because I, I don't I don't think he would have made it. You know, no. I think he think he's let himself down this year. To be honest with you.
0: So what? what was your study there? Five,
2: uh, five, five,
0: five. Um, I think if you were gonna give able to give Luca Dean two, one for going forward and one defensively. I think you'd probably give defensively absolutely shocking I think he's been completely found out and you'd probably you'd probably even say a 4 or or even a 3 going forward you could probably even I don't think he's been still that great going forward but he's still been solid so a 7 I think that probably culminates in you know a, a 5 or a 6 I'm going I'm to go with 6 I don't, I don't want to be too harsh and I don't want to be too agreeable I, I think despite you know probably second season syndrome where he hasn't up to the standards of the first one, and maybe he's had Leighton Baines pushing him, you know, a lot for, for that place. You know, really that should, you know, boost him and you know, give him the the impetus for, for competition. He's like Rob said, he's been injured as well, so that probably hasn't helped. Um So you don't you don't know, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes, but you know, the sacking of the, the a manager that um, that brought him in. Effectively, but Marco Silva brought him in. That's right, isn't it? I'm not. I'm not yeah, yeah. Wrong. And yeah. So you know that you know Marco Silva um, signed him as the left back, and I'm sure they had some sort of relationship going forward. And that, we know how that went with Marco Silva. It for the whole of the uh, the squad, it, it went sour, didn't it? So I think there's a lot of things that we probably don't know about with Luca Dean. I think he's a quality player. Y- you're both right that he hasn't been up to the standards of of what we should expect. So hopefully. This, you know, this enforced break that we're we're currently on, and you know, the return, he'll return a a better and stronger player. Next one, then I'll go with, uh, I'll go first, Yeri Mina. Um, I'm just going to go with a solid, probably average seven. I don't think he's been amazing. I don't think he's been awful. I think he's probably slap bang in the middle. I think he's been when we've needed them to be there. I think I think he he's been there, but again, it just goes back to the issue as a whole. We are sitting in twelfth in the league, and you know it's the team as a whole that's caused the problems, probably rather than individuals. So Yeremiina is a is a seven for me.
2: I go with Yeremiina. I'd say I'd say a seven as well because you know we struggled last year, Yeri Mina and I think this year he's come in and he's done really really well when he's been in the team. Like I said before, my chosen. Partnership and the centre half is, key, is is Holgate and Mina. He's a bit unorthodox the way he does things, but you know, I, I think he's done all right this year. And hopefully, in a settled defence next year, when when had a good look at you know what he wants and stuff like that, it can be you know he can really settle in and and be you know him and Holgate can be the top dogs. Yeah,
1: uh, sevens across the board, lads. Uh, I would have gone with the seven as well. He's been decent, if not spectacular. You know, for every sort of seemingly really solid game you want him to sort of come away from and build on, he then we'll have games where he regresses and he struggles a bit and flanders a bit, especially when we're playing out from the back. So, yeah, I'd be interested to see what kind of decisions Ancelotti makes on him, whether or not he wants to stick with him long term as like that linchpin at the back while and let Mason Holgate sort of play football a bit more, so to speak. So, seven for me. All in agreement. He's uh, he's been decent, if not spectacular, but we still want to see him kind of kick on in the future.
0: Um, let's move on then to the right back contingent. Let's do both of these together: jibril um, Sadipe and Seamus Coleman. What are you? What are you giving them, Rob? Um,
2: <laughs> Coleman six, Sadibi six. Yeah, six, six for both of them. Like the pair of them i have got. I like. I think Seamus Coleman's better defensively, but I think Sidibe's better going forward. I've got no issues in playing Sidibe as a right winger, to be honest with you, more than anything. Um, I, they've both got aspects of the game that they could improve on uh, massively. You know, is Seamus is Coleman on? It's maybe starting to decline a little bit, possibly. Um, you know, so... Uh, but, I, yeah, six sixes for me, they've, they've done nothing, you know, spectacular. I mean, they've just been there, really. They've... You know, they've been con- as consistent and inconsistent as everybody else. So yeah, six for me. Six okay, six for you. Yeah, going in.
0: No, well, I, I think Sadibi at least probably probably falls under the same category as Dean. I think if you're going to be able to, you know, mark him on his ability to to bring the ball forward in an attacking sense, uh, you're probably looking at you know probably a, a seven. You know, definitely no more no more than a seven. Um, defensively wise, I think. He's, he's very, very poor and I think he's been found out on a number of occasions um, th- this season so you, you're probably looking at a three. Um, I think I probably agree with Rob on both of them really. I don't, I don't want to be too harsh. I think Sadibi when he first came in he, he, he did really well. I think um, like I say he, has, he probably has been found out a bit and I don't think we're going to spend the £12 million pounds, or I'd be very surprised if we did spend £12 million pounds to sign him. So he's a six for me and Seamus Coleman is um you know a lot of people have been saying he's been on the decline for the past couple of years. I think once you get into that age and you have a couple of bad games, I think that that's always going to be be brought up. I think he still offers something for us going forward. I've always been critical of his final ball, I, I don't think that's ever been any good, but we know what his strengths are. He can maraud forward with the ball, he's you know that little bit, he's got that little bit of turn of pace, and he, he, he seems to have. You know, the pace to go long distance as well. I think that's always been been a strength. We probably haven't seen that as much as we want to this season. Um, you know, it it, it is what it is. So I'll give Seamus Coltman six, six for both of the the right back contingents. Uh I half agree and half disagree.
1: I've gone with a six for Zidibi, mainly because of his attacking output. Uh he's not he's not been good enough defensively, I like you saying I think that'll be the crux of the reasons why we don't end up spending the money to buy him permanently. But in terms of Coleman, I'm giving him a five because although I appreciate what Coleman's done for Everton Football Club and how consistent he's been over the years, he is on the decline for me. And you know, he's been he's had his position taken off him a bit too easily for me. You know, Sadibi's hardly been a, a world class, world class attacking and defending right back. Really, Coleman should have had enough him to keep Sidibe out of the team, to be fair. And the fact that Ancelotti seems to slightly prefer Sidibe for me in some of the games uh, suggests to me that although he's maybe a good squad player, for the rest of us Coleman, I think we need somebody a bit more young and a bit more dynamic who isn't Sidibe to come in in the summer and uh, really take that place on. Because you need a 7 out of 10 at least in, in that position. And at the moment, we've got a 6 and a 5, in my opinion. Fantastic. Um, right,
0: I think the next... Couple are going to get interesting. We now going to come to the midfield. Um, oh, here we go! A few tasty ones here. So we'll we'll start off midfield wise with Fabian Delph.
2: You can go first, Ben. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, one? Um, no, I'm only messing. Um,
1: you know what, though? In all honesty, a three. Because you know what? He's done absolutely. Uh, yeah, I've voiced my opinions on Fabian Delph before. He's done absolutely nothing at all for me to merit anywhere near even the £8 million we paid for him. Obviously, it's not the transfer for him. He's on about hundred grand a week as well. You know, We bought somebody in somewhere who we thought would be a bit of a leader on and off the park, who also had a bit of ability as well. And He's shown neither. To me, he's been petulant. Every time he's on the field, it looks like he's going to get booked or he's going to lose his temper. I think it's quite rich of him as well to be criticising other members of the squad when he's as culpable as anyone and um, when he has played he's shown little glimpses at times there's been times when he's come into a game uh, maybe on somebody's controlled the game well and saw a game out well and made a few tidy passes but ju- just not enough for me to result in any high marks and like I say I'm basing it on absolutely everything about himself his, his attitude the way he's carried himself his injuries which aren't his fault but obviously that's not our fault either as a, as a club so his overall con- as his overall contribution to the squad this season for me it's a three out of ten,
2: going Rob. I wouldn't, I wouldn't disagree with that. To be honest with you, wow, really good. No, no, I mean, and to be honest with you, you know, we haven't spoken about the year, but there's a couple more threes in my midfield as well. But like, oh, <laughs> the thing, the thing with Fabian Delph is that he's. I know we weren't. He wasn't going to be as good as, but I he thought was we were going to be get so to...
1: much more than this, though, wasn't he? Yeah,
2: I was you know what I was expecting. I was expecting something along the lines of what we got when we got Gareth Barry, a calm Phil heading, Neville,
1: something like that. Uh,
2: oh, steady on the Phil Neville, but I can't. He
1: was a captain. He wasn't a good player. He was a good captain.
2: A, a calm head in midfield who who can you know come off the bench and just tidy things up, and or when you when you're playing away from home, you can just keeping neat and tidy and he just yeah. hasn't done that he you know i can't remember what game it was and it was yeah and he was having a go at holgate and he said show some respect to him, or something like that i think it was when we played newcastle away I was like hang on a minute mate what have you done you has got gone. nothing to deserve that he, he's walking this team thinking he's the big guy i am because he's come from a team of centurions in man city when really he barely featured in that team that season you know we've massively overspent on him and I just, I just don't, I can't stand him any, anywhere near the pitch. To be honest with you. I
0: mean, no, my, my scores are a five. man's not as low as as, as your YouTube. I, I agree with everything that you have said, but for City, he very rarely featured in the centre of the midfield for them. Did he? It was always a makeshift left back, wasn't he? That's where he he seemed to, you know. He was good for Aston
1: Villa though, as a centre mid, wasn't he? That's how he made his name. He was
0: very good at Villa. I just felt like they needed for City. They needed like an English. Play it in the team, so the left back yeah. was kind of the the, the place to, to put the you know where you can do the, the least damage if, if that makes sense. And he's he's come yeah. to us, and you know he said he wasn't a direct replacement for Adrisa Garnegie, but you know he still had to be coming as a replacement because because of what's happened injury wise. And he just you know you've all you all said it. I'm not going to re- repeat it, but he certainly hasn't helped himself. He's been hampered with injuries as well that, that hasn't helped. And when he's come on the pitch. Or when he's you know when he's featured, he hasn't you know really done much. I think there was one game where I thought to myself, I think he, he partnered Snodland. It was a home game, and I can't remember exactly what one it was. Do you know what it was? I'm sure it was the Newcastle game uh, where we where we drew two two. He had a really good game, like a fantastic game to be honest. And he ruined it by losing his head by kicking the ball up the field for Newcastle to yeah. regain possession. Um, so in all fairness, that incident alone probably. Makes him deserve a five in my book, and I don't want to go too harsh and go but go any lower than that. But yeah, I agree. To, unfortunately, it's been a disappointment from Fabian Delft this season. Yeah. Next one, then. Interesting one this Gilfie Sigurdsson.
2: Go on, Rob. Three. Three. <laughs> he, and I'm being generous there as well with Gilfie Sigurdsson, to be honest with you. Um, same as Fabian Delft, to be honest with you. Just what's he offered this midfield this season? He's. I mean, you could argue he's been playing out of position because he's not an out-and-out central midfielder, but I've never seen a player hide so much as Guilfie Sigurdsson does. It's
1: terrified, doesn't he?
2: Yeah, and it was the Arsenal game a few weeks ago. God, was it a few weeks ago? I've just lost track of where we're up to now. Um, you know, the Arsenal game, and, and there was things after the game, and they were like, there was an empty pocket of space in midfield, and he's marking himself out the game, telling someone else to run there, when as the number 10, that's where he should be running and he's just been a massive disappointment he was our top scorer last year wasn't he and he's come, he's come to win. he's coming in he's coming in near that this year and it's really really disappointing from um for me i i that every time he's in the team because i just don't see what he offers to me, I, you know what 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 does he offer this team um I'd sooner give other players a run a run ahead of him um and he's first on the transfer list for me in the summer, just try and get some money back for him and get him off the wages. Get him off the wage book.
1: Yeah, I could I completely agree with that as well, to be fair. I uh, I was edging towards a four because it only because uh, you've been playing out of position, but to be fair, just listen to your reasons here. I'm downgrading him like live now to a three <laughs> because you just reminded me a lot of when he was like the pointing round to other players on the pitch for a, a, a player of his age and experience. It's almost unacceptable because he isn't he the Iceland captain or he has been as well. I mean, there's, there's no excuses for the amount of sort of hiding he's done in games this season, and you know what. The goals are dried up completely. He scored one league goal all season, that was in response to being so uh, left on the bench for the game. So you just don't know where we go with Gilfie six and like you say, Rob, if someone offered you say something stupid like seven or eight million, but he took all of his wages off the bill. You'd probably be happy to get him out of the club while he's in his thirties now, because he, in this current setup, he doesn't offer anything. Um,
0: I'm gonna go with five. I feel like I'm. Generous. Well, it, it might be generous, and I feel like a lot of people are not picking on Sigurdsson, but they're only basing this season really, like his, his form on the, on the last, you know, probably two two to three months. It, it hasn't been a good season throughout for for anyone, really. Um, I think it hasn't helped that he's you know played out of position a number of times and. You know he's, he's the number ten. We you know, do we play to his strengths? I, I I don't know. I think I think it's um, all questions that you know probably need to be answered by you know the, the current manager and hopefully he can find a solution. Whether that's p- with him in the team and you know we start you know picking up form again, or it's with him out of the team. Who knows? My opinion, I think it will be with him out of the team. I think um, Gilvie Sigurdsson will be looking for a new club um, sooner rather than later. Whether that's you know in the summer or at least. In another 12 18 months time you know only time will tell but you know we, we did score that that worldy against West Ham yeah. in the, at the, early, <clears> the <throat> early stages of the season although if you think back and remember to that game that was probably our best performance one of our best performances of the season yeah figures this Sigurdsson didn't feature uh, up until the last 10 minutes um, when he came on, he he scored that early, which which was great. But you know, the, the first eighteen minutes was with without Sigurdsson, and you know, I, I can't remember an Everton team in a, in the past like twelve months playing like that. And um, we, we played really well. It, it obviously didn't last. Silva was uh, Michael Silva was to go, um, and then we we all know what what happened after that. But yeah, I, I think Sigurdsson's obviously picking up a lot of slack from Everton fans, and a lot of it is deserved. Um, so. I think mine is a is a 5. I don't think I can go any higher th- than that, really, which brings us on nicely to the, uh, Morgan Snydlin, who's probably going to feature in the lower echelons of the ratings as well.
1: Yeah, uh, Morgan Snydlin, I'd give him a 4, only because I actually, controversially maybe, I actually think he's, when on the pitch, performed better than the previous two names we've mentioned. I don't think the injury's come at a good time for him, not that any injury ever could, of course, but He was actually starting to, for the, I wouldn't say like you know fight his way into the team, but out you know purely by necessity, through other players underperforming, found himself in a position where he was probably in the current circumstances one of the first choice midfield two alongside the newly fit Andre Gomez. So for that reason, I would probably give him a four. Although I can't really give him much higher because all those performances are probably merited a five. Maybe when he's actually been on the pitch overall. It's, it's, it's a constant battle with Morgan Snyder to get any kind of consistency from him. And the opinion on him is the same as it has been for, I think, three out of the four seasons he's been with Everton now. He is not part of the future of this football club. And I'd be very happy to see him move along in the summer, regardless of a couple of decent performances.
2: I I wouldn't disagree with a single word of that, to be honest with you. Um, he's done all right when he's come in. But yeah. he hasn't done it enough basically. Um and it's the same all, same all with Morgan Snyder. And you know, you're gonna get one good performance one week, but then you're gonna get four terrible performances after that. Yeah. He's like he's like Sigurdsson. he likes going missing, he likes hiding, you know, and this yeah, you know, and, and given central midfield's been our weakest point this season purely through injuries, you know, the players who are fit, you would you'd expect them to stand up and be counted and, He's just not done it enough, as well as the same as Siggins. He's just not done it enough. So, yeah, it's it's a four from me for him.
1: The view from the Gladys Street podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The view from the Gladys Street podcast. He
0: he kind of did have a bit of a, you know, consistent run, didn't he? I'm sure it was when Angelotti took over and he was kind of in the team. And um, I think I mentioned before that you know. he kind of formed a little bit of a partnership with with Fabian Delpho, although not very creative. It, it, you know, it was it gave us a bit of a structure and balance to the team. Um, but as an individual, you know, there's not really much to be said about Morgan his Everton career. Unfortunately, you know, he's, he's come in a couple of years ago for you know over 20 million pounds, and apart from the first six months of his of his career, he hasn't done anything to the point where. You know, he's got on a lot of Everton fans' nerves because it looks like he doesn't really care and he, and he doesn't try. Um, that's up for a debate. You know, the question whether that that's true. But I think it's his relaxed demeanour and, and the way he goes around the pitch. That um, you know that that's why it's highlighted. I think he's done okay in certain games this season. Um, he's injured now, so God knows when we're, we're going to see him again. But I think I'm right in saying his contract's up next season, isn't it?
2: Yeah, he's got a year yeah.
0: left. So, you know, obviously we don't know what's going to happen season-wise, but you know, I don't think anyone will come in for him because he can't afford him. He's on decent wages at us. He will see out the contract, and he he'll move on and probably be able to get another um, another big contract somewhere else. So, I'm going to give him a four as well. I, I, I don't think he's he's done enough to, to warrant anything more than that whatsoever. Um, next one then is it's, it's quite difficult because it's a player who we all. Love and I'm sure you know we're going to talk about but it's a player who also got injured for a long period of the season so we haven't seen the best of him and uh, we haven't seen enough of him but let's just base this on what we've seen of him so far so it's Andre, Andre Gomez
1: Am I going first on this uh, yes. It's very, very, very difficult it's probably the most difficult rating of the lot because where do you start? For one, unbelievable comeback well, unbelievably brave comeback performance away at Arsenal where he looked like he'd never been away. I do actually think he has shown signs of struggling just to get back up to the pace of things a little bit. You know what I mean? He's still been our best midfielder by Country Mile, which says a lot more about the other players than it does about Andre Gomez. But for me, it's it's to be expected, don't be wrong, not having a problem, because it's to be expected that it will take his time to get back up to the speed of things. But the problem with giving him a rating is, apart from that game against Arsenal where it looked like he was on pure adrenaline, his performances have been steady since, if not spectacularly. Still looks like he's growing into the physicality, physical side of the game again. So, uh, I can't really give him more than a six. But because he's one of our favorite players, I'm not going to give him any lower. Obviously, but yeah, for, for the sheer, for what we've seen on the pitch, I can only give a six really. But I'm sure next season we'll be talking about him in the higher eight. I'm
0: going to jump in dead quick there and just say I agree with Ben. I think. You know, without being too agreeable, I think everything that you kind of said there and suggested is is probably right. I think you know after the Arsenal game, you know Chelsea wasn't it, and I think everyone had a poor game against Chelsea. At the end of the day, we we lost four 0 We were never in that game. Um, Andre Gomez being one of the the eleven players on the pitch who were poor. So I think overall, you know, if he was or if he was not to, to get injured and you know play more games than he. You should have done. I think you would have been looking at possibly a seven or an eight, and maybe even even further up the table. But um, I don't think we can give, go any higher than a six. And I really don't want to go any lower than a six either, to be honest. Uh,
2: yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't disagree with that. Um, you know, it was a he's our best midfielder at the end of the day. You know, there's no ifs or buts about it. He's 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 much higher ability than anyone else in there. Um, yeah, it's a, you know, so it's a six for me for Andre Gomez. I'm not going to disagree with his There, that horrendous injury, you know, um, doesn't do him any favors, and he's been probably rushed back to fitness really because we were desperate for um, for cover there. And I think that just goes to show how important he is to the squad. And next year, I hope he's you know back to his best. You know, getting the eights and nines.
0: Cool. Um, so, what? What were you? A five, six? You were a six as well. Right? Yeah, yeah. Six cool. is all round. Six is all round. Um, another difficult one, really. Um, Tom Davis.
1: Go ahead, Rob.
2: Uh, four. Um, uh, I just don't think the lad's good enough. I want him to be. Yeah, I, I, want him, I I want him to be good enough, but I just don't think he's got it. He, he, Maybe if you played him a little bit further up as maybe the number ten, you might get a bit better out of him. But it just feels like he's like he's running through sand after time. He's so slow on the ball. He mm. can he you know, can pick a pass out, and he he's got there's something there. And so I think he's got like a, a you know decent vision, but I just don't think he's made that step up. Like that you look at it was him, John Joe Kenny, and Dominic Carvalho, and all kind of broke into the team this around the same time. One of them is now playing for a club in the Bundesliga, and one of them's really pushed on in, in this in the Everton team. And Tom Davis just seems to have stagnated, really, and he's not getting any better. And as much as I, I hate to say it, again, if if an offer came in for him in the summer, I wouldn't be against getting rid.
1: No, absolutely, I um, The Jack is hitting rating again. Really, there's no way
2: you can give him any
1: higher than a four. I'd give him above a three because I'm not. Unlike the likes of Sigurdsson and Delph, I'm not questioning his attitude or his efforts. He, he clearly does want to make it at Everton, but like like you've said, Rob, he, he's just not good enough. He's had too long now. He's still only young, but he's had a lot of Premier League football under his belt, and he's not good enough. Just, Again, seems, to, just got... seems to be no
2: improvement. Does that?
1: No, that doesn't. I don't. I actually think he's actually regressed since he burst onto the scene. He's lost that dynamicism that made him such an exciting player to watch. It's almost as if. The influx of managers, we had to try to turn him into a sort of holding midfielder, which maybe is wrong. Maybe we should have gone the lines of making him a number ten, but it just—it for whatever reason—it hasn't really worked out with Tom. He's a squad player and not really a good one because even though with we, what we've said about Snyder and Delf, I would consider them better footballs ability wise. So, like you say, there—if we got off form in the summer, I certainly wouldn't be against taking it. And uh, he just—we can't keep housing him just because he's a local lad, we can't just keep him in the squad out of sort of you know love for him being an Evertonian, we've got to make a business decision on Tom and realise that unfortunately he's not good enough despite his effort being completely what you want from a young lad.
0: I think therein lies the problem with Tom Davis, um, you've kind of suggested that managers have turned him into, or tried to turn him into a hold midfielder, should we have gone more the other way and made him number 10 more of an attacking um, outlet I think there's confusion as to what type of player that that he is and when you're a footballer at that age at a Premier League club and you don't really know what your best role is um, I think that's a little bit of a worry because you're going to start looking at yourself and think where do I fit I I don't know where he fits exactly into this team and hopefully um, you know a solution with Tom in the team will be, you know, a hand. Probably, probably not, in my opinion. If I'm being honest, I think Carlo, Carlo's used him, hasn't he? Does has it? But um, else uh, in necessity, though, He's had no one else, does he? Yeah, he's. Used, but he hasn't used them as a sub and you know played them alongside Andre Gomez and you know we haven't really won the games that that that's uh, he's featured in. But my, my my rating is a five. I don't think you can really give him any more than that. He's he not been disappointing, but. I don't think we expected too much of him, but I think again that lit day didn't last the problem. Expectation levels were low anyway. I'm just trying to think back to some good things that Tom Davis has done on a football pitch and try to figure out like where he where he lies. And I think the first one that springs to mind is obviously from a couple of years ago where he burst onto the scene with the you know the, the Man City game and. I think
1: that's yeah. you know,
0: three years ago now isn't it? Three years ago but in terms of his attributes and his strengths it was that was more of an, an attack and threat, an attack and roll um, Absolutely. we just haven't seen that have we over the, the past couple of years, no. uh, certainly this season whatsoever so it's, it is a far for me I can't go any higher than that whatsoever really.
1: So five, four, four.
0: Next two then we'll do these together I think um, these two should be quite easy and then we'll move on to the final four after that so Richarlison and Dominic carvert lewin What are we given? Uh, our two attacking threats? Uh,
1: I would give Richarlison an eight and Calvert-Lewin a nine. That's not because I don't. I think Calvert-Lewin's been much better than Richarlison. I just think the improvements been at a greater incline. Really, I think Calvert-Lewin's start season, especially for me, wasn't a Premier League number nine. I was surprised when they gave him the jersey. For first and foremost, he didn't score enough goals for me. And although it was all around and his all-round game plan His endeavour exactly what you want from a young striker, he wasn't productive enough. He has since rectified and changed that. And this whole sort of sub- enforced sabbatical has probably not helped him the most because he was on such a rich vein of form. So I'd have to give him a nine purely for the improvements he's made in the fact that he now, you know, if he does get a chance to finish the season, show the 20 goals, really, in all competitions for me, which is incredible, based on where he was 12 months ago. Richarlison, uh, an eight, and that's not like I say because he's he's not been fantastic because he has, he just hasn't had to improve as much because he was of he, his stellar performances last season. You know he's been fantastic with Charlton, and I'm glad that we finally nailed him down to a position seemingly as sort of a central striker or support striker, which we spoke in the past day and you and me saying that's where we see his future. You know, in and around the penalty area scoring goals, especially with his ability in the air. So an eight for him, a nine for Calvert-Lewin, both of them superb, and they unlike people we've mentioned there in the midfield, those are really two young, exciting players that we can build a squad and a team round, and Ancelotti hopefully will get the best out of them.
0: I think you got the easy ones there to go first, Ben, but it is what it is, isn't it? Yeah.
2: <laughs> 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 um
0: I'm going for,
2: I'm going for eight all round, to be honest with you. Um onto Richarlison. I was worried about Richarlison at the beginning of the season because he did so well last year. I was, I thought it was a bit of second season syndrome with us, um, but it didn't take him long to start scoring again, and, and he's just gone on, come on, leaps and bounds, and it's down to playing as that central striker rather than coming in off the left or the right. He, he's he's a he's a threat when he's in the box, um, and you know, long may this continue, and I, I hope he has. Um, I hope we get the same from him again next year. The reason I'm only giving him an eight, and it's the it's the same reason as Calvert Lewin as well. Um I just wish they'd score the chances that are gifted to them. The pair yeah. of them.
1: Yeah, that's fair.
2: Tend, point. The, the, the pair of them tend to squander really easy um like really easy chances. And if they can be a bit more ruthless, the pair of them will just go or, or you know, will go or bring the team on even further. Um, but yeah, that's why they both get into me. And then Dominic calvert Lewin, um, massive, massive, massive improvements of last year. You know, we saw glimpses of what he could do towards the latter end of last year. But this year, he's just been—he's led that line really, really well. He he runs and runs and runs. He he gets hits off defenders. He's 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 not scared to get in the mix against some of the best. And you know, he's he's reaping the rewards now for for trying so hard. And, you know hopefully we've got ourselves you know a bit more of a natural goal scorer there next year and I was the as the main number nine and you know long may continue but again he's getting an eight purely because I think he misses far too many chance you know yeah guilt-ed, right. chances um so yeah eight all around for me there they the they're, it, them two and Holgate are the ones who get the uh, who get the eight for me uh within the team and I, and I think they're the bit they, you know, come the end of the season, they're the three you you'll look at as the ones who are going to get played of the season or whatever it is we'll give out.
0: Yeah, I, I, do you know what? I was going to give Dominic Carver and Lewin a nine. And you've, from what you've just said there, your, your explanation, I, I think it's kind of swayed me to give him an eight because although his improvements have been vast and he's been, without a doubt, you know, our best striker um, this season in terms of goals and attack and threat, um, he still misses too many. And I think they've hurt us as well. It's not just games where we've been like maybe 2-0 up, 3-0 up and he's missed a chance. It's It's been games where we've needed them to score. Um, just one example, if you look back at that Chelsea game where we were awful, 2-0 down um, in the first 20-30 minutes, wasn't it? And then we get we get a chance. We, did, we didn't even have a, a sniff. Well, we get one chance and Dominic Lewin lewins threw on goal. He scores that. That changes the complete dynamic of the game. Um so there's been too many of those this season, but without a doubt, that's not to be negative. He has been, without a doubt, one of the, the positives of the season, and he's proved a huge amount of people wrong. He didn't prove me wrong, I must say, because I did say that I thought he could be a really top-class Premier League player. Um, obviously, time will tell whether he goes on to another level even further, one step further than that, or even a couple of steps further, but um, to get an eight in this team at the moment, I think, is an outstanding achievement. and. Um, without a doubt, you know, fantastic work from him. Richarlison, he gets an eight as well. I think he goes without saying, he's probably. Dominic Cavalier has been our most attacking threat as a striker, but Richarlison's probably our best player in the team at the moment. Yeah. Um, I think, Rob, you've mentioned that he's like a bit of a Tim Kale type, not in terms of the way he plays, but he just gets you an important goal. Um, and he's definitely saved us this season a couple of times. So just when you think he, he couldn't do it, and he has, so. It's all round for the front two men. Um, certainly positives within the, this player ratings uh, podcast. Next four then should be interesting, we will start off with or next four, it's the last four. Start off with Theo Walcott. Rob?
2: Well Rob Rob. <laughs> <laughs> um, same as Morgan Snyderland. It's a four for me. Um,
0: That's not too bad for you.
2: I know, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I think when he's played this season, Walcott, I, I, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but he's I feel like there has been a slight improvement on last year, yeah. um, but not enough to. But again, we've just not done it consistently enough, and he struggled injury as well a little bit. Walk up this season, so he's been in and out. Um, yeah. But again, he's he's no one would bat an eyelid if he was to leave the club. Absolutely no one. You know, we, you know, he's that Wofford game away. You know, we scored the winner there. And that was great. Um, he's had a couple of good games. Um, in and around then as well. I remember he played well against them. Um, he played well against Chelsea.
1: Against West Ham, he played well at home. And
2: against West, yeah, against, and again yeah, West Ham, he played well at home as well. So you've seen glimpses of what he can do, and what he can, you know, what what he's got in his locker. But again, I was fine on that consistency with him, and that's what's so frustrating. And you know, yeah, he that's that why.
0: Game, didn't he? Sorry to interrupt. Like, I can't can't remember which game it was where he played really well and scored. Then he got injured.
2: Was it? Was it was the Palace what? game, wasn't it? No, he played he, the Wofford game. He played. He played. He played and, he played and scored the winner. And yeah. then the next game, for that was Palace at home. Yeah, he and knocked he he in went the head with the ball, didn't he? Yeah, and then he went off injured, didn't he? After like five, ten minutes, and he yeah. he, he he set the goal up as well, didn't he? For Bernard, the first goal up for, for Bernard. That's the one. Yeah. And then yeah, went. The cross. And then went, And he was doing really well. I think this is what you want to see from him. This is what you want to get. You know, playing direct, getting balls whipped into the box, etc., etc. And it just, it's just—it's one of them. He's just, it's just been a letdown again, and it's a shame. It's a real, real shame. But you know, so yeah, it's a four for me for Walcott,
0: Ian. Yeah, I think his goal game against Wofford probably saves him from a four for me. So it's gonna—it's gonna be a five, I think. Again, great scenes where he managed to uh, slot that goal and, um, you know, score scored a last minute winner against Wofford The way it was, uh, it was really good to see him able to do that I don't think he's done enough throughout the season I think he's had glimpses where you, you think he's, he's got quality again it just comes down to consistency um, and th- that that's pretty much it I think if he plays like that I don't think he's done you know even when he's played well I don't think he's done anything spectacular but if he's consistent throughout the season and plays well y- you could you could argue a case of like a seven or eight couple of goals here and there but you know it's been too few and far between, unfortunately, and it's a shame, really, because you know when Theo Walcott came to the club, we were all buzzing, bouncing, you know, top player from Arsenal, I get very similar to and He started off very well in his Everton career, and unfortunately, it's uh, it's it's not lasted. And who knows where the future <coughs> lies? But for for this season, for me, it's it's a five.
1: Yeah, I think it's an, this season's just been another chapter. In the never-ending story, there is Theo Walcott, like the boy who never grows up. He just seems... He's just so inconsistent. He's been that throughout his career. You know, he's got ability at times. He's got certain traits that... You know, certain attributes that are very welcome, you know, to our squad. But he's just so inconsistent. I actually think this season has been better than last season for him because he struggled a lot last season under silver. I actually think when he's played this season... At time he's done okay, but that but that's the word okay. He's never set the world alight. You know we've mentioned there the assist for Bernard before he went injured, got injured against Crystal Palace, and then a great game at home to West Ham where he still didn't score or get an assist in, as far as I can remember. So the overriding feeling is that you know you look back on his Everton career and it's been okay. And yeah, I'd be the first, just as happy as you guys would if someone come in from in the summer with any kind of reasonable bid. So, based on the fact that I think he's had a, a, an OK season, he's, an okay, he's been an OK sign. and Well, not a good sign, sorry for the money, babe, but an OK player for us this season. It's it's in the middle of the road five.
0: Cool. Getting down to the nitty-gritty now. Alex Awobi.
1: Ooh. Ooh. Uh, go on, who's going first here, Rob?
0: Alex, I I, I, he goes first on this one. Go, ahead, go on. Go first. I don't think it's, it's controversial to say Alex Awobi disappointed this season. I know he's been injured. I think he was. I think he was actually ill, wasn't he? Rather than being injured, I certainly missed the first couple of games of Carlo Angelotti's, um, you know, opening couple of games. And yeah, he, he stick. But well, to be fair, even when he's been fit, he hasn't featured. But he's, he's even more of an enigma than the Morgan and Really, I think you're gonna have to go with a, a five. I think he's for the money that we've paid for him. Um, it's been very, very disappointing. You could probably. Probably even go four, really, because I don't think he's done done anything really. It's very disappointing me from Alex Roby. I I don't want to be one of those to say I told you so, but I did say when we paid thirty five million at the start of the season, I was very very surprised. I, I was shocked to be honest, and I couldn't believe that we paid that that amount of money for him. And it's it just hasn't really, other than energy. Maybe that—that's that, it. Energy—he he hasn't really added anything to to the team. He's he stuck in a bit of a rock and hard place, I'd because he's quite clearly brought in to be a number ten. Now I know he did play on the left and the right a couple of times, but for me, his best position was as a number ten behind the strikers, and that's where he flourished. But now we're not even playing that number ten role. It's at the moment, it's a standard four-four-two, and. You know he can't play in the wings for me, and he, he doesn't fit in a four four two, which is why Carlo doesn't fancy him whatsoever. So for me, just to finish off on my point there, it, it's a five.
1: See, yeah, I, I'd, I'd actually go with a four. I'd be a bit harsher because I think you, you have got to consider the fee we paid for him. You know, I was a bit. I really, he's one of the players for me this team that's really, really disappointed me alongside Michael Keane because I just thought he promised. Quite a bit at the start, to know you disagree with him, but first couple of games when he scored the header in the cup game, and then he scored about ten minutes into his home debut intervals, he seemed to give us a little bit something extra, like an extra, you know, bit of hold up play on the wings. He link seemed to link the game well, and especially when he played West Ham at home, when he did play, and for me, his, his best position as number ten. For me, he shone that day as the man of the match, and he looked. Like he was going to be a real, real threat for us. Of course, injuries meant that he then got took out of that position and put back on the wing. gilfie Sigurdsson had to then come back into the middle of the pitch. But the problem for me with the Awobi, again, yeah, you're right. I don't know what he is because he doesn't fit in any way with what Ancelotti's trying to do. He doesn't fit in a four four two. He's not a winger for me. He's a number ten. But a bit like gilfie Sigurdsson, if your team's not playing with a number ten, you're a bit of a, a bit of a waste of time. Really, and although he gives you a bit more energy. And a bit more, maybe pace and power than Guilty Sigurdsson does. You, you struggle to see if we're going to persist persistently play this this style under until you wonder what we can or where we can shoehorn him into this. Because that's the problem is for someone who we spend thirty five million pounds on. I want them to be set the world like not getting shoehorned into a team. So five, five, sorry,
0: four, sorry, four. four four from Ben, five from me, Rob. What are you saying?
2: Uh, I'll go five. Um, I think he's. I thought he felt like a panic buy when we first got him, to be honest with you. Um, and I, I, I do still stick with that because since the new managers came in, he hasn't really had any kind of resemblance of what you could call you know a looking, really, has he? You know, he's been left off the squad a lot, and that's because his best form for Everton was when he played as that number 10. Um, and when he did play as that number 10, you seemed to get the best out of him. You know, he'd, he'd roll the ball onto the front foot and he'd run at defenders. But on the wing, he just doesn't seem to do that. He just seems to stop and not really know what to do with it. You can't really take a man on. Uh, he has, I don't think he's got the skill to do that. Not
0: even a goal um, threat either. Doesn't he play poker, yeah. like chances, like shots at goal?
1: So That's he'd yeah. like be, but he never kicked on from those opening two games.
2: Yeah, um, but... But yeah, so yeah, it's a five for me. Not, he, he just hasn't really done anything to really make me think, oh yeah, he, he's got some sort of, he's got something there really, yeah. So yeah, five. Okay then, five, four, five. I um,
0: Alex to Bernard? I'll
2: go, I'll go six with Bernard. Um, he's like a lot of the players this season. Where's the consistency? Um, you know, and with, with more you know with greater consistency you would be a lot higher. Um I really like him. For me he's the first name on the team sheet. He's flexible, you know, you can play him as the left winger. He can play as the number ten. You could probably give him a free roll if he wanted to. Um he, he seems to be good on he's very good on the ball. Um but again, I to find that consistency and you know he needs to start churning their performances out a lot more. Um
0: What were you then a six, you know,
2: sorry? A six, yeah. So you know the West Ham game springs to mind. He was really good there, but then, on the flip side, the West Ham away game, he's hauled off for half time, isn't he? You know, for Anthony Gordon, and you know that Newcastle game springs to mind as well. Uh, the home match, and he was absolutely unplayable. It's it's one of the best performances I've, I've seen from an Everton player, and then he just disappears again. And it, it it's just a strange one, Bernard. He really is. He's he's uh, he's, he's an he's an enigma isn't he? And I don't know it's because he seems to be chopped and changed from the team as well have you noticed he doesn't really like he'll never start two games in a Bernard, mm. whether he's played well the game before or not I think I think Angelotti has got like uh, is he just trying to get see the best of it you know what, what a squad's capable of so he's quite happy to chop and change I don't know but I think that might be down to the reason why he's not been so consistent because he's, he's just been in and out of the team but yeah it's six for me for the performances that where he has played and he has played well this yeah season. yeah it's you know it's 6 for me
1: yeah like agree. 6 out of 10 for me he's been unplayable in certain you know in certain situations he's also been quite poor in certain situations namely the Chelsea game which is our most recent memory of seeing him play i think it's a real shame about it because it has been so hot and cold like one week he looks fantastic and he looks as though he's a whale beater the next week he just looks like a fish out of water ancelotti I think kind of sums up everyone's feelings about He can't make his mind up on Bernard, he really can't, because it's all right him coming out and justifying saying, oh, I like him in home games, not away games, but that, that for me is not, not a good thing. That That's a bad thing for Bernard, that he's not capable. He doesn't feel of matching it and keeping that... Keeping that pace up and that intensity away from home. So, although I've seen incredible flashes of quality, especially when he plays as that left-hand side winger in a four-four-two and cuts it, you know, brings the game inside and creates from the middle, he looks really effective. But I, you know, I trust Ancelotti's judgment. The fact that he can't make his mind up on him quite to play every game, I think speaks volumes. So it's a six for me. But you know, I'm open that Ancelotti. Can get that uh, extra ten percent out for more that tactical tweet that will uh, release him into the game.
0: I I want to be really harsh on Bernard, but looking looking back at some of the, the ratings ratings I'd give for other players, so the likes of Delph i give a five, Sigurdsson i give a five. Um, so obviously I can't give I can't give Bernard that because he hasn't been that poor and can't give him below that. But I don't really want to give him any like any more than a six. Don't want to start giving him sevens because I don't think I don't think he deserves a seven. seventh. No. Um, my worry for Bernard is that I don't think Angelotti actually does fancy him as no. a player um, which is a worry for him and itself. I think he's a he's a creative little you know you could even call him a magician he, he does do certain things that you think that is incredible it's then product like again though no, isn't it it is like, for one he, he doesn't score enough goals he, he doesn't create enough chances um, his, his final ball is is poor um, it's you know, you could even say it's on par with Seamus Coleman's final baller. You know, it's all well and good doing these little flicks and nice little passes, but you know, where's your end product? Um, we have seen little bits of end product certainly this season. You know, we mentioned the, the cross from Walcott for Bernard to, to put in that volley. If uh, everyone can remember that, like, what a goal! What a goal that was. Um, you know, he has scored a couple of goals, but I think my biggest disappointment just comes from the fact that I expect so much more. That's literally all it is. Yes. Yeah um so it's a six for me i don't want to give him any more than that and i certainly can't give him any lower so bernard is a six and we will finish off with another difficult one because one who hasn't really featured but is there a reason why he hasn't featured is it because he's not good enough is it why is it because he hasn't been doing it in training he certainly hasn't been doing it on the pitch but it is moise keen
2: go on ben make
1: uh, okay moise keen um Third from the bottom in the list of disappointments to me this season. That's not me having to go with him because I don't think he's necessarily had the opportunities he's needed. You know, in a squad that's so threadbare in terms of attacking threat at times, it's it's surprising that someone who's coming with such a reputation uh, has not featured as much. I mean, physically, he's he's absolutely fine with the Premier League. I've not noticed anything. Where he's not strong enough, he's not quick enough. Okay, maybe a bit a bit more fitness, but he's still a young player in a new country. But he's strong enough, he's quick enough. You know that Newcastle game apart, where he scores and plays well, he then doesn't keep his place in the side. So, you know, as much as I'd never question anything Ancelotti says or any decisions he makes because of his experience, I do think between him, Silva, and the rest of sort of the Everton coaches. This situation maybe hasn't been handled as well as it should, because you know in my scheme there's definitely for me a player in there with potential, but we've just not managed to get any of that out yet, and it concerns me because I, I it reminds me of the kind of player that you'd see us give up on. Thankfully, we haven't yet, because he's not hit the ground running, it. and in a couple of years' time, you know we'll be playing on the very highest stage with the very highest team because he's got that raw ability it reminds me a bit of a young Lukaku other than of course Lukaku was obviously better because he took the game on scored so many goals straight away to younger. but he reminds me in terms of he's got that raw pace that raw power and unfortunately has got that first touch that Lukaku had as well but obviously he saw what Lukaku developed into for me in the right setup and the right team he could do that so it's very difficult for me giving him a mark. And I'm going to give him a six, but only really out of sympathy because I don't think he's had enough opportunities to prove his ability yet. And I'd like to see more whenever the season gets resumed or next season. And I certainly wouldn't want to cut our losses with him because, like I say, I do see a future for the player.
2: I wouldn't disagree with that. The only thing I'd, disagree, I'd probably give him a five. Um, I think when he has been given an opportunity, I just don't think he's grasped it. Enough, um, I think but, it's difficult
1: going in in one game out one game at that age though.
2: He's trying to find his feet, I think he could have done with a slightly more consistent run. I suppose, do you know what, mate? I suppose, in some in some respects, you could probably put it you know, the way Bernard is in a way it, t- it seems to be in game in, in one game out one game. Yeah, it's hard. To, yeah, I, I agree with it, it's hard to build up that consistency. So, uh, I put Moise Keane in that category as well, but. At the same time, though, I wanted to see like a little bit more from yeah, him. He has only
1: scored one goal, I like, accept that.
2: Yeah, um... <clears throat> and because uh, he started, I remember the first game he started. and It was that Wolves game, and he was really impressive. It reminded me again, like a, like a, a Lukaku-style player, you know, you know, a, a, a flat track bully, if you like, you someone who's willing to run at players and and whatnot, and he's got Absolutely. quite quite a lot of strength, but, quite raw. Yeah, yeah, you know, and he just needs he just needs time to adapt, but. Yeah, it's a five for me. I just wanted to see maybe a few more goals from him, um, really for me. Uh, otherwise, but yeah, five.
0: I'm gonna go with five as well. I, I just think it, it, if he'd scored goals this season, I think you would have seen a completely different player. I think the the start at the start of the campaign when he, you know he started featuring, and he, he was he was struggling, wasn't he, in front of the goal, and I think if one of those chances that he had had gone in, I think it would have been a completely different story. You know, again. His situation hasn't been helped by, you know, managers and sackings and I know Marco Silva took a lot of flack, didn't he, for uh, how he treated Moise Keane for um, one of the the, the the League Cup games at Goodison, where he was, he started and then took him off, didn't he? Um, and then when Ferguson was in charge, you know, we had that um, incident at Old Trafford where he came on and then he was brought off again and, you know, that that was you know strange in itself. So it's not been easy for Moise Keane, Very young player. No, I give him
1: some sympathy with my score. To be fair, to do feel a bit hard on the lad.
0: No, yeah, I mean, and that's fair <laughs> enough. Um, I think he, his performances on the pitch. I just don't think he's been he's been good enough. If you're going to compare him to the other strikers that we've got, and I like Sir Richardson and Dominic Carvalho and I think they've been head and shoulders um, above Moise Keane and Absolutely. You know, football, you either sink or swim, don't you? Without, without trying to be too cliche. I think, you know, you've got to take your chances when they come. And unfortunately, with the expectation being there, I think there's been times where we think he can't take his chance. And unfortunately, he just hasn't. And um, so it has been disappointing. But who knows next season, if next season even does does happen. <laughs> Maurice keen, hope' yeah. we'll be talking about getting a, an eight or a nine rather than, than a five. Um. Okay, well... I'm out of players. I don't. I don't really know who else to talk about. I think we've been talking for a, nearly a good hour now. To be honest, so um, there's a couple who we haven't talked about. Like I said, Gabam and Anthony Gordon, Steffenberg. I think Tosun was one who's now obviously who went out on loan in Crystal Palace. By the way, Tosun's going to be made up, isn't he? That uh, yeah, because he, he was out injured for the Euros and now he's you know likely to be back. So uh, fair play to Cheng Tosun.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, all right, lads. Well, thanks for coming on. Much appreciated. Thanks Although for having us, Different circumstances on over the internet in a Google hangout, but um, much appreciated for your time. Um, thanks, Rob, and thanks, Ben. And uh, no we will be back with the View from the Gladys Street fan podcast on the Royal Blue channel soon enough.
2: You've been listening to the View from the Gladys Street podcast from the Liverpool Echo.